Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kirsty Farija from Feels Like Home Professional Organisers. And I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organise. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find us at The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 25 of the Art of Decluttering podcast show. Today we are going to be talking about organizing and decluttering your Christmas functions. Oh, decluttering our Christmas functions. Are we ditching our families in this episode? No. Oh, I thought that might be our solution, Kirst. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about that in schedules? <laughs> <laughs> we probably talk about that every time we get frustrated with people, don't we? <laughs> So decluttering and organising our Christmas functions. We're talking about whether you're hosting functions, whether you're invited to and attending functions, or really just how you manage functions around the Christmas period because we all know that that tends to be the month or the couple of weeks of the year that that is your intense function time. So we want to help you make it less stressful, more enjoyable, less waste, and you can come out of it happy on the other end. Yay! So, Amy... You don't host Christmas at your house, but how do you help people who do? Yeah, we've hosted Christmas at our house only once, and that was the year my beautiful mum decided it would be great for me to host Christmas four days after I moved into my new house. A <laughs> Good one, Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, it actually was awesome, and I totally loved it. And because I'm me, I had unpacked completely our house move on the day that we moved in. Yeah, we do so that too. It wasn't a matter of having to unpack everything, but on Christmas morning, I realized I'd never used the oven yet. So it was all things like, oh my goodness, does the oven work? Does it have a hot side? Does it have a cold side? Does it heat fast? Does it heat slow? So all those kind of things we were discovering on Christmas Day. Like, does the outdoor table even fit through the door to come in and extend our inside table? And given that our family's small, we had to figure all that out on the day. <laughs> so, no, we don't usually host Christmas. Um, we do. We were talking the other week about how we do Christmas half with my family at lunch and Cal's family at dinner. But for us, it's just really important that with such a big family that people just bring something. And with such a big family, you don't have to bring very much to contribute. And then all of a sudden the host isn't having to do the lion's share of the work. I'm a real fan, Kirst, of in Australia, like we have hot summers. They are hot Christmas days. Everyone's in their beautiful summer dresses and, and it's generally like 99% of the time very hot. And so the beauty of that is it's not difficult to bring a salad or it's not difficult to bring a dessert that then doesn't need oven space when you've already got maybe a chicken or a turkey or a roast in there. And so if you're going to someone's house for a Christmas function, consider what you can take that doesn't need 
an oven or even refrigeration if that's possible because that will make the host's job a lot easier of juggling things in the kitchen once everyone arrives. Yeah, or take an esky, your own esky, if it needs to be kept cold. That's a great idea. I never would have thought of that. Really? No. Glad I can contribute something to this conversation, Amy. (laughs) Kirsty, do you have a go-to dish when you're invited to a function around the Christmas period and you're asked to bring maybe a salad or a dessert? Do you have something you always go to, like your true and faithful, never-fail, take-to-a-friend's-house kind of meal? Yes, a summer pudding for dessert. Oh, what's a summer pudding? Oh, I love it. Is it like trifle? No. Okay, good. It is. It sounds disgusting, but it is so yummy. So it is bread with berries. So you soak the bread in berry juice. Yeah. And you line a bowl or a container with the bread, and then you pour the berries into the center and then you you make a lid or a bottom because you flip it over um a bottom with like juice berry bread and then you put it in the fridge for like four hours or just a couple of hours all overnight and then it is divine so you make it in a tin do you so that you flip it out to serve is that what you're saying yeah so i usually make it in a pyrex bowl okay yeah, that is the first time I've ever heard of this summer pudding thing. Summer pudding. I had heard of it and never knew what it was until probably, yeah, several years ago. And since then, it is my dish and it is my definition of Christmas time now. I don't know whether that sounds awesome or a bit odd. Um, as I said, I thought it was uber odd when I first discovered it and have been absolutely converted and love it and it is so easy to do i'll put a link in the show notes for a recipe of it so that if anybody's Could inspired you? yeah they can make it so quick and easy i totally recommend it i know i'm really inspired like mike so you use tinned berries do you No, fr- frozen berries well, how do, what's with the juice then? Do you oh, have to let so, them defrost so you get the juice? Um, yeah, or you, you actually heat it up with some sugar and water. Oh, right. Yeah, that so, makes sense. And then you strain the berries out yep. and let the the juice cool a little so you don't burn your fingers when you're dipping the bread in. <laughs> oh, it's like um, French toast but made yes. with... Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's like that consistency of French toast. You know when you're like, oh, except even more gooey because it is com- ah. the bread is completely, you know, saturated with berry juice. Oh, curse. I think I'm liking this. It is divine. And so yeah. then you serve it with cream or ice cream or custard. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah, my kids are going to totally dig that. I thought you were going to say it's like trifle and I have like I a aversion to trifle. I do too. <laughs> do you? You don't mix fruit with custard. No, no. It's wrong. Well, no, custard's pretty much a no-go zone for me anyway. But ruin fruit with it? No, it's not okay. Yeah, no. And so it's a bit like yeah, a bit like tiramisu as well for me. Like you, yes, I hate coffee. So I, and yeah. I can taste coffee one part per million. So <laughs> even if you like separated the layers of tiramisu and didn't give me the coffee layer, I can still taste it. It's yeah, gross. it's wrong. Yeah. Don't we are such peeps. tea drinking girls, aren't we? We just are not coffee drinkers. Yes. So one day when we have an art of decluttering tea party, there will not be a coffee in sight. Everyone will be forced to drink beautiful flavoured tea and we'll just be happy as Larry. <laughs> 
What about you, Amy? What is your go-to dish to when you are invited to parties? Oh, I love taking a roast pumpkin salad that has things like a roast pumpkin, feta cheese, walnuts, um, olives. Oh, it's like spinach and rocket, some baby cherry tomatoes. That's my absolute favourite because even if, and sometimes we'll even put Moroccan chicken on top if you need to kind of take a full dish because even if you eat nothing else, you can totally live off that salad. It is so, so delicious. And my children will always eat that salad. I don't know what it is about it. Other salads they complain about, that salad they love. I have, that sounds yummy. I too have a pumpkin, kale and quinoa salad that I am in love with at the moment. Awesome. And everybody who tastes it, other than children, enjoy it too. And it doesn't sound yummy, but it is really, really yummy. Yeah, I love a good salad. Kess, tell us about what other ideas we can give our friends about how to make hosting Christmas or hosting a function just that little bit easier. Like what are some tips that they don't feel like they've got to rush around for a week in advance just to get ready, whether, you know, little hacks that can help them prepare for hosting a function around Christmas? So my biggest hack you have already mentioned is potluck. Like get people to bring their own food. (laughs) Bring food to share. Bring food to share. So outsource as much as you can in that regard. Don't think that it all has to fall on you. So ask some families to bring drinks, some families to bring dessert, some families to bring the salad, and then or bring the meat as well. (laughs) Like you are awesome you are hosting so ask people to bring things with them um i think that is a the best hack and i'm sure everybody already does that and already knows that but in this season i think that it is really important to minimize the amount of work so that you can maximize the amount of time you spend with your beloved friends and family Mm. And I think, you know, you said, I think everybody already does that, but I don't think they do. I think in Melbourne, there's a little bit of pride around wanting to provide everything when you go to someone's house for a barbecue or a function. I don't know if that is Australia-wide or worldwide, or if it's just in my circle of friends, but (laughs) there is a little bit of pride of you did everything. Like people can walk in and not have to bring a thing. Like there's, even there's an ad on TV where they say, um, you know, what can we bring? And they say, don't bring a thing. And then the ad is about selling chocolate roasters, the Cadbury ones, what to bring when you're told not to bring a thing. And I think there is that culture of don't bring a thing. And we naturally then, of course, want to bring something because we want to contribute and we want to help. And we know the burden that can be when you're hosting a big function. So I think you can say, well, I'm going to bring a salad. What kind of salad would you like me to bring? Or I'm going to bring a dessert. Or how about if I get all the beer? How about if I bring ice creams for the kids for dessert so we don't have to worry about that so rather than just letting people get away with don't bring a thing and you turning up with a box of chocolate roses maybe just be really intentional and think no I'm going to bring this particular thing and let them know so that they do feel that yeah okay that's a good idea and then I don't have to worry about that or they don't over cater. It is so wonderful when people want to be generous and host and provide everything and we are so not discounting that that is a beautiful thing oh no invite me over yeah invite us both over let's meet norbury peeps (laughs) 
But you don't want to feel the pressure of that, do you, Kirst? No, and we want to, we just want to encourage you all to be really intentional about how to, as I said, minimize the stress and maximize the enjoyment of this season that Mm. we are heading into. My dad is a um, notorious one for not letting anyone bring anything when he hosts functions. And my dad is a great caterer and a great cook, and he does host functions very, very regularly in our big family. And so what we've kind of figured out is the way to help my dad is not by bringing food or drink. He takes absolute delight in providing for his family. But the way that we can serve and help him is he hates washing dishes. He hates cleaning up. He hates setting the table. And all of those things are things that we can do. He doesn't like cooking dessert. And so you can kind of, once you get to know particularly your family, so we don't offer to take anything to dad's anymore, but we know by the end of the meal, we're all up and we'll do the dishes and tidy up. Um, So, you know, there's different ways to serve when you're out and about, but just make sure that you're not that person that sits on the couch and expects to be served like a royal king when actually it's about family and connection and community. And do you know what? Sometimes the best conversations happen around the sink. Sometimes the best conversations happen around the barbecue. And you just never know where you're going to have that moment of connection. Yeah, and I think that that is beautiful because that is really honouring people's heart for hospitality and generosity, but you're also honouring them by serving them and caring for them in the things that they need to be cared for in like my Mm. mum is amazing she's um, very generous as well and will always host us however the way that we can love her the best is by getting off our butts and helping so um, I'm hoping none of my brothers and sisters are listening to this so I can get away with being the slob on the couch again. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't know, then you can get away with it. <laughs> so Amy, what's one of your hacks? Well, one of my hacks is all about making the hosting of the function relatively easy. And that means that when we host, say, parties or we have people over from school, is there's not this pressure that you have to serve everybody dinner on a beautiful white plate. There's not pressure that everybody has to sit on a leather couch. So what that means in our home is that if we're hosting more than about 20 people, so we have dinner sets that we can serve easily 12, relatively easily 24, but after that we're totally going plastic, but I don't want to wash 24 dishes. And so we give ourselves permission to use plastic or paper on occasion And it also means that when we're hosting lots of people, there's no shame in getting out stools or folding chairs, you know, for outside because you want to enjoy yourself and people are not coming to your home to make sure they all get to sit in the wingback chair. They're coming just to hang out and if they've got somewhere to rest when their feet are tired, then they're going to love it. It's about thinking, how do we make this just a little bit easier? Do we need to use the good cutlery and the good crockery or can we use plastics? Can we use the picnic set? Can we eat outside so it doesn't matter if somebody spills their glass of soft drink on the floor? And so just kind of giving yourself permission to be a little less formal can actually make the day a whole lot more enjoyable. Yes, and to add to that, I would love to recommend bamboo cutlery and paper plates or like environmentally friendly plates. Great idea, Kirst. Because we do want to care and be responsible 
citizens of this beautiful world that we're in and that's not at all to shame people who have got a whole stack of plastic plates in their cupboard go use them you've already bought them it's fine it's better to use the ones you have in the cupboard than to buy new ones yes but then be intentional when you're purchasing next time yes and think about how we can care for the planet as well as caring for the people who come into our home. I love it. More from us in just a few minutes. Don't forget to visit our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au and sign up for our bonus episode that's not so secret anymore. We've done episodes on living cupboards, toys, wardrobes, pantries, jewellery and so many more. So if you're new to the art of decluttering, you'll find loads of great tips like this one from the episode we did on entryways. We keep hooks right next to our door for our keys. Mm. So that coming and going, we put our keys straight away. So if you haven't got somewhere to store your car keys, you can go as simple as what Kirsty was saying, and that's just putting a basket somewhere near the door or on top of something that you know where it is and just make sure they always go in there. And for us, that's just hanging them up near the door. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now back to the podcast for so many more tips and tricks. So another way that we can care for the planet as well is actually to not necessarily have that spare fridge. Hey, Amy. Oh, I am not a fan of the spare fridge, Kirst. Do you know why? They reckon that the biggest power sucker in people's homes is often their second fridge. Because usually they're not fully full. <laughs> they're quite empty, except for those occasions where you are having a party. But why are you paying to have a fridge run 24 hours a day, 365 days a year for the two or three days a year when you want to keep extra drinks cold? It doesn't make sense. It lets off carbon emissions. It's wasteful. It takes up space. It is not my thing. I've never had a second fridge. I never intend on having a second fridge. But I think there are solutions um, that help when people have it for a reason. So if you have it because you want to have your drinks cool when you've got friends over, let's think about some creative solutions. What do you think, Kirst? My solution for not having a fridge would be to go back to the 70s and 60s and use your laundry sink or your bathroom, bath. Like I remember growing up and going to parties and going into the bathroom to get a drink. <laughs> Because they were all full, like the bathtub was full of ice and drink bottles and cans. So go back to doing that. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, you totally missed out, you 80s baby. (laughs) i tell you what people would need to be careful of, though. If you're putting ice in a bathtub, that you don't have children as the ice melts going in unsupervised because it's a body of water. And that's just me because I'm a bit of a... um, occupational health and safety officer in my house (laughs) and I think about the bathtub and I think oh my gosh someone's going to climb in there and you know 
get an ice cream headache and drown. So maybe the laundry sink is your better option. Yeah, but you could always just fill it up with ice and not have the plug-in as well. Oh, okay, smarty pants, that's an excellent idea. <laughs> Depends how long your party's going for. I'm, I'm sure people that's are going to say idea. that it's unhygienic too to have the bottles and stuff in there and having – yeah, I mean there is that to it, <laughs> but – we all survived the 70s. It's an option. It's an option. I wasn't alive in the 70s, so I don't remember all these amazing dirty things you people did, but I'm happy to embrace a couple it's of them. It's probably more the 80s that I'm remembering because I wasn't very much around in the uh, 70s too much either. No, that's true. I, and the reason I think of the bath rather than the laundry sink is it holds a whole lot more than the laundry sink. It does. You're having a bit, very, very big function if you're using the bath to hold all your drinks. Well, you and I both have large families, so I'm thinking we about do. our families and I'm thinking about how... I love hanging out with my friends and I want everybody to be there all together. <laughs> oh, you're the best. What about clean up after these Christmas functions? Because I grew up in a home where uh, mum and dad hosted parties and dinner parties regularly and it was always the thing that you cleaned up completely before you went to bed. So mum would even go to the extent. So even, you know, dishes done, benches clear, floor done, she would even vacuum and wash the floors, even if it was 2 a.m. and she was exhausted. And I love that. Like I've totally taken that on and I hate going to bed when there's, you know, after a party when there's mess, kids' parties, Christmas parties, whatever. But how do we make that easier? How do we, when when the party's wrapping up, do you just kind of leave it all and go to bed and deal with it in the morning? What do you do? I have a Simon. That's my solution And Simon to it. Everybody get a Simon because he does he is a Marilyn as well. He runs around like a headless yeah. chook until whatever time because he wants to wake up and enjoy a beautiful, clean home the next day. Yeah, I'm with you, Simon. It makes such a difference. Yeah, so I think that how you overcome your natural e- uh, unease with being a Simon and a Marilyn <laughs> is to <laughs> just do it. Come back to yeah. our my favorite saying is to just do it just tackle little things at a time not look at the whole big picture and go oh my goodness it's going to take me three hours to clean this up Mm because it actually probably isn't going to take you three hours to clean it up no just go you know what I'm just going to go around and clean up all the rubbish that's going to take me 10 minutes awesome done that now I'm going to do all the dishes you know stack the dishwasher that's going to take me another 10 minutes great now it's time to do the wash the dishes that's going to take me 20 minutes done now I've got to wash the floor 10 minutes done and see you break it down by little into little chunks and it's not so overwhelming but when you look at the whole big picture it's really overwhelming and so much easier to just go see ya and go to bed go to bed and pretend it doesn't exist and then you've got to wake up and again you wake up feeling that it's overwhelming and you might put it off again whereas if you just did it it's done. You don't have to worry about it anymore and you don't have to concern yourself that I've got to get to that task. Yeah, just do it properly the first time and you won't ever have to think about it again. Hmm. Now, Amy. Yes, Kirsty. We forgot to go back to the fridge. What was your solution to keeping the fridge and using it properly? Oh, we don't keep it. Don't keep it. Don't keep it. If you have to keep it, there's a couple of options. One is that you turn it off for the... 11 and a half months of the year that you don't need it and just turn your spare fridge on when you actually need it. Um, I think there's this fear in Australia 
and it might be over in other nations as well. So let us know if you're listening in from overseas and you have exactly the same thing. There's a total fear of having someone pop around and not having a drink available for them. And I just don't have that fear because we serve water in our family 99.9% of the time, as in for the four of us, that's what we drink. We drink water and my husband drinks coffee. Like that's about as sophisticated as it gets. And I grew up in a Cypriot family, um, very hospitable, but we often were served water and that was like a cold water to me is the most beautiful thing to drink on a hot day. So I'm not always afraid. Like I don't feel like we should have soft drink on tap. I don't feel like we should have bottles of wine hidden away just in case people turn up all chilled and that kind of thing. Um, So I think just let yourself be okay with the fact that if someone turns up unexpectedly, a glass of cool water is a totally acceptable drink to offer. So another thing I just wanted to encourage our listeners in is that Christmas functions don't need to be fancy. We often go into people's homes and find platters that are specifically for Christmas and plates that are specifically for Christmas that have decorative, you know, Christmas decorations on it. Like, um, And I think they're great and they serve a purpose. However, so do white plates, so do white platters, so does everyday use things and People aren't going to be offended that they're served up a shortbread biscuit on a white platter instead of a white platter with red around the edges to make it Christmassy. (laughs) I could not agree more, Kirst. So I would actually suggest for novelty items around Christmas that are crockery, that you keep them in with your Christmas decorations. So you only pull them out at the start of December or whenever it is that you set up your Christmas tree and decorate And then you can use them for that duration of the Christmas tree being up and then pack them back away for the rest of the year. So if you've got Christmas mugs or Christmas plates, Christmas bowls, Christmas serving dishes, I highly, highly, highly recommend that they go away with the Christmas things and then come out again so you can use them. Um, But don't be tempted to keep them using up prime real estate in your kitchen for the most of the year when you don't use them. Speaking of kitchen space... (laughs) Here's my segue. Yes. What do you suggest people do to make sure that the food that they serve on Christmas Day or Christmas functions isn't spoiled and doesn't go to waste? Oh, I find it really disheartening, Curse, with how much food we waste at functions. Because I think there's a fear. Today I feel like I'm talking about all the fears that we have of insecurities of when we host. But I think there's a fear of taking food that's sitting on a table or a bench and popping it in the fridge when people are clearly finished with it. I don't know if we feel like we need to just let people linger longer, but the food will spoil after a certain amount of time. And as someone who had salmonella probably very recently two, three weeks ago, (laughs) I would never want to risk ever having that again. So what I would suggest is before you host a Christmas function is buy some of those um, disposable containers that you can put leftovers in And, you know, as things happen, maybe once you've served your dips and cheese and you're ready to move on to a main, instead of leaving the dips and cheese out in the sun or just in the heat, pop them in a container and pop them in the fridge. And what this serves two purposes. One is that you can bring them out again later and you don't have to worry about them having been spoiled. And the second thing is when you're 
say you're served a main meal and you're clearing up and there's all these leftovers, how lovely is it to be able to put together a little takeaway pack for the families that were there? Or maybe you've got a single person that would otherwise have to cook a single meal that evening or the following day. Like I just love being able to send home, we call them our little care packs, to send home with someone and say, here's dessert for tonight or here's you know some fresh veggies you can have for lunch at work tomorrow. I just love doing that and I think those little takeaway containers can be a really special way of making it less stressful and keeping the food fresh as well. Excellent. Excellent advice. Do you have any tips to make sure we don't poison anyone over Christmas? I poisoned somebody in year 12. So for my year 12, um, I did home economics or yeah. catering and one of the um, – one of my cats oh my goodness I'm showing my age I had Everybody cats knows how old you are yep. um one of my cats because I did VCE not HSE um was that I had to get I had to propose I had to get a proposal from somebody and I had to cater to that and the proposal was to do a hamper I actually poisoned the the person I gave my oh, hamper Kirstie. to because <laughs> I didn't I can't quite remember. It was 22 years ago. Um, so I think I something wasn't sealed properly or, yeah, but they got sick using my Christmas hamper. Did you still pass? Oh, yeah, because my teacher didn't know about it. Oh, that's Because I think it was, I think, yeah, I don't know when they used the hamper, but I'm sorry, Sue. I apologize. I'm still apologizing 22 years later. Oh, you poor thing. Poor Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sue and her family. <laughs> um, no, I loved your advice. Get it off the table as soon as you know that it's not being used anymore. Like there's nothing more frustrating than seeing dips and cheese that was served for entree still uh -huh. there for dessert. Hours later. Yeah, which the cheese is fine because the cheese goes with dessert, but the dips, not so much. Yeah, not, not so when much. you bring out your summer pudding and your ice cream and your pavlovas and Yum. Your, not your tiramisus and not your trifles. <laughs> no, you guys can keep those all to yourselves. One thing that we do that just makes life just that bit simpler when we're hosting a function is we tend to do ice creams for the kids for dessert. And that means two things. It means I don't have to have bowls and spoons and all of that kind of thing for kids. And it also means we can send them outside. And so they just get whatever kind of ice cream I happen to have bought and the kids all grab one and go outside and you see the adult's eyes where they're looking at maybe a pudding that's been made or some sticky date pudding or pavlova and you can see they're thinking, actually, I wouldn't mind that ice cream and just to go outside. And so we always have extras and um, say, hey, if any adults want an ice cream too, <laughs> feel free. And, you know, a few of them always pipe up and go, yeah, I wouldn't mind one. <laughs> Great tip. So we just want to encourage you all to really enjoy your functions this year like have safe functions have fun enjoy the people that you're spending time with and remember that that is the purpose of the function is to spend time with people so do all you can to be prepared early and do all you can to relax and enjoy spending time with your family and friends by asking them to bring some food with them Bye. What else, Amy? What else? So you might take oh on a few God. of our tips from today. You might ask your family to bring a dish when they come. You might relieve yourself of the burden of having to serve all your Christmas food on Christmas platters and just go with the ones that you already have in the cupboard. You might choose to use some recyclable um, cutlery and crockery to reduce your own burden. 
And you might choose to just spend maybe 45 minutes at the end of a night totally cleaning up your house. So in the morning, you wake up fresh and beautiful and just ready to get back into your day. So we hope that you are enjoying this Christmas series on our podcast. Remember that you can always contact us on our Facebook page with any questions that you have. And we would love to see some of the Christmas functions that you host. And you can uh, post them on our Facebook page and let us see how amazing you have done. So we absolutely love seeing your engagement on our Facebook page. We love chatting to you all and we love seeing you encourage one another and motivate and inspire one another. So keep up the awesome work and we will see you on Facebook this Christmas. Awesome. Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favor and share this episode so they too can learn the art of decluttering. You can find me, Amy, over at simplyorganized.net or on Facebook as Simply Organized PO. You can find me, Kirsty, over at feelslikehome.net.au or on Facebook as feelslikehomepo. Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out over there. If you love what you hear, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've learned some tips to help you declutter and keep your home organized. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.